My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We have another exciting interview today. Um, the, The guest I'm bringing on, Katie McCoach. She is a book coach and she was previously a, de- a developmental editor. Sorry, guys, I'm a bit tongue tied today. It's been a really crazy morning. <laughs> but what she does is work with traditional and self published authors. So, super excited for today. She's also the host of Writing with Coach McCoach. And um, we're going to have a great conversation. So, how's it going, Katie? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. This is a pleasure to have you on. So, you know, before we dive into any of the hot topics, do you mind taking us back to um, a little bit of your journey? How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I got here. So it's it's kind of I'll try to keep it short. Right. <laughs> um, but I got here because I, you know, I loved I fell in love with books when I was young. I fell in love with writing and I studied writing in college, um, which was great. I also majored in something else um, to kind of give me a little more, I guess. <laughs> um, ending with a writing degree is alone is kind of like, all right, what are you going to do now? So. I was dealing with that after college. I was like, what in the world do I do? I knew I wanted to work with books and writing somehow, but options seem to be pretty limited. And so um, the traditional path is that you go to New York City and you work for a book publisher. And I wanted to live in Los Angeles. So I was like, well, all right, well, I'm already cutting that out. Remote work was not really a thing at the time. This was 2011 when I graduated college. And So I moved to LA and I tried so hard to apply for any job that existed. And eventually I was just like, all right, I'm just going to start it myself. um, It was hard to, uh, to find something in LA. Um, And also I was really specific about what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to work with writers. I wanted to help authors and I loved helping people with their stories. So as much as I loved writing myself, I found that I really liked helping people with theirs and helping pull out their stories. And, you know, in the publishing world, um, for the traditional path, if you work in the publishing companies, typically the part that I like, the actual helping the authors is like a very small fraction of what they do. Most of what they do is like all the production and all these other elements, contracts that I was like, no, I just want to help the authors. So I just was like, all right, I'm just going to start my own business. <laughs> um, I was what, 23, 24. Um, so it's, yeah, it was kind of a wild um, journey and I'm still here. I'm still doing it. I can't, I, sometimes I'm like, I can't believe it worked. <laughs> I love it. That's incredible. Uh, so tell me your favorite part about it at the moment and kind of maybe talk a little bit deeper about how you deliver your services and what you do. Yeah. You know, my favorite thing is I was really thinking about this the other day, actually. I was, I realized, you know, 
there's this thing that happens as a reader when you end a book and it's like, oh my God, that was, that was magic. Like that was so amazing to have been part of, to be on that journey. And how did the author do it? And I, I realized like, I, you know, obviously I started because I loved being part of, you know, I love that magic. And now it's so fun because I get to be literally part of it where I get to help the author's pull out what I know they're capable of. So that's, that's really what I do is I work with authors. I do a lot of one-on-one. Um, I started in a method where I would give feedback in writing. I would give them like 15 pages of notes. It was a little overwhelming. And so eventually I moved into what I consider more coaching now, which is now I will get on Zooms with my authors and we will talk through their book. And so it's really collaborative and it's really nice because I know their book as much as I possibly can. And I'm just there to help their vision. And then I get to work with them to like pull out that magic to be like, okay, I see your potential. I know exactly where you can go. Let's take, let's like take off. Let's take this where it can go. And so it's fairly collaborative. It's a lot of fun. Um, And it's also like the most rewarding part is when then I see the end product, I'm like, see, I knew you had it in you. Like I knew this is what was possible. And I also love that they're just like, I did that. You know, it's, it's, it's just a lot of Proud moment. I love Very it. Very much so. I feel like that's all that I, all, my life is just a bunch of proud moments for my authors. I love it. That's important, right? So let's yeah. jump into, you know, making a living to creating your ideal yeah. life. From going from just making a living, just getting by to creating your ideal life. Uh, yeah, that's been like 10 years in the making. <laughs> Let's be real. So when I started, um, you know, of course I was, I was starting, I, when I started my business in 2012, I also had two other jobs. So I had a full-time job at a bank. Um, that was my way of living in, in California. And it was in short sales. So like something no one wants to do. And then I also started working for another company part-time. And that was my first remote job. It was very cool that it was remote. And it was with authors. It was marketing. So then in the meantime, I was also building my business. And um, it was really, it was tough, obviously, because that was like that hustle mentality. And I was in my 20s, so I could do it. I could hustle hard. And work a full-time job, come home and then work two other jobs. But eventually, you know, I was able to move away from the bank. And for a little while there, I had to work part-time for the other company while I built mine. And after a couple of years, I was able to go forward just with my company itself, which was amazing. But for a while, you know, it's interesting as a creative, I feel like there's this like tortured artist mentality. So like you should be struggling all the time and tortured and everything should be hard as a writer, right? Like you just kind of have that, that thing is kind of like put out out in the world. Like you should be a struggling artist. And so being someone who was working in that arena, I think for a while I was like, I'm not, I'm not allowed to make a lot of money because I'm doing what I love. And if I do what I love, that should be enough. Right. So I kind of held back for a long time. Um, I was making a living and that was great. Um, but then what was really interesting is 2020, I actually got pregnant right when the pandemic hit. And, um, so 
And that was the year that I, I had just realized like I need to do coaching. I really like coaching. I want to work in that capacity now. So I decided to pivot and that was the enlightening year for me where I realized when I was on maternity leave and I didn't have income. I mean, maternity leave for me is just no income <laughs> as no work. So I had no work because I was project to project for like four months out of the year. I And then I went to work after I had my son. And that was, I felt like I barely worked. I mean, I felt like I worked all the time, but I felt like I barely worked in comparison. And I made more that year than I had ever before. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I could live this different. Like, this doesn't have to be my life. I don't have to be struggling and just feel like I'm working all the time in order to have like the life I want, you know? So that was really eye opening. So that's when I really did the pivot. And this past couple of years, I've been just working so hard to be like, okay, how do I live a more balanced life? Truly. Absolutely. How did you pivot? Um while serving the same audience? Yeah. So, um, that was really, that it was really hard deciding to do that. So I started as a developmental editor and I'm still one now. Um, but typically developmental editors, the, when you look up a developmental editor and you try to get their services, what you'll find is it usually includes a report. They'll write, they'll read the book, they'll write up like 10 to 15 pages of notes. It's all critique notes. And then they'll usually provide some comments in the book. Um, but I found that that would take me on average 30 hours a book. It was so much. And I couldn't at the same time as doing that for a long time, that was, it would lead to burnout, of course. Um, but also how many people can I serve when I'm spending 30 hours per book? I can't, help that many people. And it was really hard deciding how, how to change that when that's not what the industry was doing. The industry wasn't changing. Developmental editing was this one thing. And so to try to transform that when that wasn't like what people understood was tricky, but, um, I just was, I kind of was like, well, I'm going to give it a shot. And so I moved into coaching and I turned my edits into uh, more of a coaching forward approach. So instead of literally writing out notes, I just get on a Zoom call and we talk for an hour and a half and it's been more transformative than those notes ever could be. And so I think that's what, and I think that there was a bit of a gap missing. So I was able to pivot while still helping the same people, but people who wanted their information a different way. So it was still helping authors, but it was helping authors who realized they wanted more of a collaborative effort involved instead of just being told, here are 15 pages of notes, all the things you need to change, good luck. <laughs> it was, right. it would be really overwhelming. And I always would, you know, I put myself in their shoes. I wouldn't want to get that. That's a lot. And, but that was the standard. That's how you did it. So that was how I was able to pivot is just really thinking about like, there are people who will want the thing that you do in a different way. There will always be people who want it a different way. And if you're more aligned with it, then it's go, it's going to serve them better. Right. Cause you're going to come with better energy. So that right. was another big moment for me. That's been game changing for sure. 
being aligned with, you know, what you have to offer and knowing it's, it's probably the best thing that, that they, yeah. they could have, you know, and then you're aligning with the right people as well, you know? Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned burnout a few times here now, and I know you kind of talked about how you reached, you know, working all those jobs and I'm sure that you you hit burnout <laughs> more than once. How is burnout something that happens where it could actually be the best thing that happens for you and your business or as an entrepreneur at the end of the day? Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because we think burnout's just this terrible thing and it sucks when it happens for sure. I mean, even as doing this for, I think I hit around five years was when I really started to hit burnout. And then I would kind of pull back and take a breather and be like, why am I doing this? And then I would dive in again. And it, I repeated that process for a couple of years. Um, and I kept doing the same thing, thinking it'll get better, or I should be more, I should be happy that I'm doing what I'm doing. And I think that can put a lot of pressure on someone when you are doing what you love, but then you stop loving maybe exactly the way you're doing it, or it's okay to, it's like, you realize it's okay to change. So that was kind of what burnout did for me is it, it forced me to pull back a few times. And finally, I think maybe the second or third time I hit pretty bad burnout, I pulled back a lot further and realized like, what is really going on here? Like, why am I really struggling? And recognizing that it wasn't what I was doing. wasn't who I was serving. I loved working with authors. That's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do something else, but it was that literally the way I was doing the work was too much on me. Um, my anxiety did not handle certain types of tasks very well. Um, so I recognized, like, I would start to think about where am I most stressed? Like, what are the projects that I really fight? starting or getting through and why am I really like bumping up against certain feelings? And so I had to kind of really pull back and look at everything. Like what is the real problem here? And usually it was just because it really, when I, now, when I look at it, I'm like, oh, it's so obvious, but it just wasn't, it was no longer aligned with me. I felt that I could serve in a different way, or I felt like, okay, this is helpful, but how can I be more helpful? I just didn't recognize I didn't think there was another way to do it. So that's why I'm like, burnout could be amazing because that's where you actually finally see that there's something that's not working and you can do something about it. Like you don't have to keep doing the same thing over and over. You can actually pull back and reevaluate and figure out a new path forward and it can be game changing. And so that's been amazing for me. And so the past couple of years, I've done lots of pivots actually, because I constantly keep finding like, okay, well, you know what? I created this service, but actually there's this aspect of it that's still not really working. So let me readjust. And so it's been great because I can like keep, I can touch, I can reach that sooner instead of letting myself burn out before it happens now. Yeah. Incredible. Like learning from that, right. And how you can handle it better before it gets to that point. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about my money mindset and the blocks that harm creativity. Yeah. Um, I feel like I sort of touched on that a bit before, like that idea of being like a struggling artist and feeling like, especially, I don't know 
about you, but because um, I feel like you're a millennial too. <laughs> um, but I feel like as a millennial, I don't know, leaving college, I think there was, I've, I don't know if it's just a millennial thing or if it's just maybe me or the people I surround myself with, but it was kind of always like, do what you love. You got to figure out how to do what you love and like pursue your dreams yeah. and your passions. Right. Like that's what right. we're told. Like a hundred percent before it's more like uh, the generations before it, it's more like go to school, get a job, work nine to five, settle down, get married and have kids. And that's what you're doing with your right. life. <laughs> and now we're like, um, I'm not sure. Like if that's what I want to do with my life, you know, I want to be creative. I want to be an entrepreneur. There's more women entrepreneurs now more than ever. And, yeah. you know, following your dreams and not listening to the the mindset of past generations and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And also not being afraid to leave that stability from say a corporate job or that financial stability and like really take that leap of faith and jump into entrepreneurship. And um, yeah. Yeah. And like, it's so, it's so amazing, but it's also, uh, I feel like there's one of my things that I really had to deal with is how to feel like I'm allowed to make money doing what I want to do. Like we were pushed so hard into you should love what you're doing, do what you love and that'll fulfill you. Um, and feeling like it's wrong if I also want to make money doing what I love. Right. <laughs> right. Like, no, I get it. I, yeah. I feel like that's been a huge thing because you're right. Like past generations, it would be like make money, have a good job, keep your family going, you know, and then it turned into do what you want to do. And that's going to be everything for you. And then, so I've been trying to like work through a few of those things. And I've, um, read some books, taken some courses. Um, I read, um, we should all be millionaires by Rachel Rogers. That's a good one. Have you read that one? I haven't read that one, but oh my okay. gosh, the list of so my good. books just goes on and on. So I will yeah. definitely take a look at that as well. But that one's, yeah, and also the men. Yeah. That one's good, hey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just thinking too, like the mentality of, you know, you've got to work super hard, if, even if you're not making any money doing it. Like yeah. that mentality of work your butt off, even though you're not getting paid for like your worth and you have to do that rat race every day. And that's not true. We don't need to. We can, I obviously you got to work hard to get where you want to be, but there will come a time in lots of entrepreneurial journeys that you're going to be able to work what you want to work. And even at times work less and still make more money than you would at the normal nine to five job, <laughs> you know? So it's like just taking right. that risk and, and know, you know, if it doesn't work out, something better is going to come, but not being afraid to take that leap of faith. Right. Exactly. Right. And like, but you do have to work. I think, especially yeah. for entrepreneurs, you have to work through a lot of money mindset things. I, I think that's huge. And it yeah. is really hard to even recognize where the problems are. So yeah, if you can somehow like do prompts or journaling or read books that really help challenge that, especially as a female too, um, for women and anyone in a minority, it's even harder. Like literally everything is against us. We've been taught our whole lives to feel a certain way about money and to treat it a certain way. So uh, rewiring that 
is super important, but it's hard to do. And you're still going to be, people are going to judge you. They're still going to look at you and think, I can't believe you're money grabber. It's like, of course, <laughs> money is like kind of a big deal. It really does make a difference in our life. And also the more that I have, that I, my, I mean, my goal is, you know, I've done a lot of stuff for free, um, a lot of contests. I've really tried to help the community, but it would again, still kind of lead to burnout because I was constantly like, but I have to make money to live, you know, at the same time. So now it's more of if I'm set up in a place where I'm not thinking about the money I'm pulling in because I'm in a place where it's comfortable. It's where it needs to be. I can serve more people just happily, you know, or I can give sponsorships to folks who need the work more because it isn't something that I'm constantly like, I have to survive, you know, that's huge. You can help more people when you're not in that. A hundred percent. And I think it attracts more people to your business that way when you're not so much about Oh, just the money chasing the money kind of thing. You know, it's, it flows in then if you can release the outcome a little bit and like lay off. Okay. I need this money. I got to pay this. I got to do that. It's like, then like, I hear it all the time. Like people are like always complaining about, Oh, I have all this debt or I have all these bills or, Oh, I just got a, a speeding ticket. And it's like, it's just attracted to them. Like these, these bad money things. Right. So it's like, if you like, let go of that mindset, then I feel like so many different things happen. You attract more money. You're not getting speeding tickets anymore. Like it's really a (laughs) lot of energy, really, you know? So just releasing that mindset and it it almost goes back to the, the, the mindset of being afraid of money, you know, of afraid of not having the money. And then it's like, you don't, you don't get it usually that way. Right. When when you're still afraid. So it's afraid. But um, the other thing I want to say, there's also the fear I think people deal with is being afraid of having it too. Yeah. Which is something I've had to work through for sure is like being afraid of actually having money. Like then what do you do? Can you handle it? You know? So that's another piece too. So there's so different, so many different ways of being afraid of having it or afraid of not having it. Um, Yeah. And everyone's journey is a little bit different on how, how they feel about it. But how did you work through that? Um, you know, this past, I I think that it was eye-opening. Like I said, when I went on that maternity leave and pulled in more and worked less hours, it was like this big light bulb went off. And I kind of always knew once I had a kid, I was like, I'm going to finally figure out the way of the world, right? Like I just, I'm the person who I like to have too many things going on because then I'm, it forces me to prioritize better. Right. So having a child (laughs) does that and (laughs) it helps because like, I can't, I have to set harder boundaries, right? I can't work all the way into the night because I've got a kid to take care of. So it also helps me not only recognize what's possible, um, and, and do more boundaries, but also like see why it's also so important. So uh, for myself, obviously I wanted this life for myself, but until I had my kid, it wasn't as pressing as important. Uh, I'm also in my thirties now. So maybe that there's the piece of that, you know, finally getting older and being like, do something with your life, Katie. <laughs> but, <laughs> we all, you're not you alone. Know, yeah. But for people who don't have kids, um, uh, you know, and you don't have that trigger to push you, um, there, I would say like that book, uh, we shall be millionaires was a really good one, especially for 
um, women and people of color. It was an amazing book because it just really helped me unlock a lot of things. And that was kind of the beginning of my journey of working through mindset stuff and then beginning to follow and listen to different people. That's the other thing that I think that's so important is you have to surround yourself with voices who support a similar vision you do. Um, because if you, you surround yourself with voices of people who also think certain old money mindset things that you've, you're trying to get out of, you'll be pulled back in and you'll think that you're wrong for trying to get out of it. Right. So you have to surround yourself by people who are also willing to be like, let's challenge this. Let's look at things different. Let's do different. And let's support these big plans and ideas that we have. So I think that's huge too. 100%. So tell us a bit about your podcast. What were your intentions behind it? You know what? It's so funny. Um, So the podcast is Writing with Coach McCoach. And that is my last name, McCoach. And so I was like, I'm finally going to, why am I, why have I put off playing with this? This is now that I coach more. um, I was like, finally, I'm going to use this. So it's so funny because I refused to do podcasts for years. I was like, I'm never, I'm never doing podcasts. Like I'll never be a guest on a podcast. I was asked, I used to be like, nope, I'm not doing just my voice. That kind of freaks me out and never thought I would host one. But as I've been coaching the past few years, one of the things I've just really uh, loved to do is I, I really want to help authors, you know, and obviously I've always wanted to, but as I've been doing the work, I'm like, well, I I can only help so many people at once. And yeah, group coaching is great. I love doing group coaching. I love teaching classes, Um, but those cost money and they're great intimate experience um, for the people involved. But how do I help more people at once? And um, for free too, honestly. Uh, so I think it's it's hard because I am in the business of where there are people who are struggling artists. And so a lot of writers are really, honestly, they don't really have the money for the sort of high level work that I do. And I don't want that to stop them because I just want them to see them succeed because I know what's possible. And so I just figured I'd give it a shot. I would try to help more people through the podcast. Um, It's kind of nice just talking. I can't believe I got here to this point. I have a Facebook group and I used to go live Um, every week. I would go live and I would just talk to the group and answer any questions they had. And it was really great. So it was kind of like a good, for some reason that was less intimidating than just, just my voice. I'd rather be live on video. I, I don't know. Um, I think it's the feedback. I didn't like talking to the abyss, but now I'm like, you know what, if it helps one person, that is all that matters because I've been doing this for a while. I have more to say more I can do. I've helped so many authors now I'm not just kind of throwing crap out there. Now I'm like, okay, no, I know this could help. So if it helps one person, it can help many. And that's truly what's behind the podcast. Yeah. Incredible. And how does it tie into the business? Do you often get people being uh, authors, you know, reaching out to you for some coaching or? 
you know, the podcast is pretty new. Um, so it's actually only been, I launched it in September of 2022. So it's not been around that long. Um, and so right now I'm, I'm in the stages of growing it. I would yeah, say yeah. that it's, um, I think that it's been funny. Cause I, when I launched it, I reached out to my newsletter and said, Hey, I have this podcast. And a lot of people I hadn't talked to in a while came out of the woodwork and were like, oh my God, this was so helpful. This is exactly what I needed to hear. So it was really kind of funny because it like brought older clients back up and they also got them back in touch with writing. And so that was this interesting thing I didn't expect to happen, which was really nice. I love it. And the, the great thing about it is you just started. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's an incredible way to open up opportunities, connections all over the world. So it's really yeah. exciting to see where it goes, you know, and if you're able to scale your business with it even better. Yeah. Um, I love it. That's exciting. Yeah. And to hear you. that feedback already from people and you just two months ago, maybe just a little over two months ago, yeah. started it. So it's super exciting. I know. It's very cool. Yeah. Amazing. So what is your biggest focus and desire for 2023 with the podcast, with the business, anything in particular? Yeah. So I'm actually launching this new program that I'm really excited about because, you know, 2022, I just feel like this whole year, all I've done is constantly pivot and pivot and just keep, I keep relooking at things and like what is most aligned and trying to figure out the way that I want to help authors the most and the best way to do it. And that preserves my energy and it allows me to show up for them hundred percent. And so it's been a year of just constantly trial and error. Um, and a lot of things have worked, but then I've, you know, realized what maybe doesn't work for me, even if it helps others. So finally, I feel it literally took me all year. This was my plan in the beginning of the year was like, I'm going to launch a new thing and it's going to be most aligned. And it took me all year to finally land where I am now, which is I have a program that I'm launching in January. And it's, it's basically a combo of everything I've done, you know, the past 10 years, but really this past year, which is something I'm super excited about. So it's called the book edit collab. And I'm excited about it because it's something where I can only work with a limited number of people at once. So at most I can take eight authors and it's going to be more of a cohort style, you know, like you're going back to school kind of, it's going to be six months where I work one-on-one with them. I also teach the group, um, new classes every month. And then we do group coaching too. So it's really going to be like high level mentorship program. You know, I'm going to be so deep involved in eight manuscripts and nothing else. Um, and for the most part, um, and the podcast as well. And, um, another like lower tier thing. So I have that as my big thing I'm really focused on. And I'm just so excited because I love the one-on-one coaching. Um, but if, but at this, I like the container of it being like six months, like we're going to do this for six months, go really, really hard. And then let's like all take a break and pull back. And for most of my authors, hopefully they'll all be in the place where they're going to feel like I'm good. Like I can take off from here. You've literally changed my trajectory for my whole writing career. Um, And hopefully some, you know, I'll stay in touch with and do some follow up. But I would love to do 
like those twice a year where I'm just doing this big cohort. And then in the meantime, running the podcast so I can just still be in touch with people all the time. I plan to do author interviews so I can really talk to authors about their process, um, what it's been like, you know, uh, especially in the editing like stage, what was their process like? Because it's so different for everyone and then exact and how they end up published is usually right. really interesting. And, um, and then I have, a a month, a membership. So it's author growth corner. So that's my monthly membership, which is a really, that's like my, I guess, lower tier where it still kind of has that group coaching feel it's, um, but then the one thing that I really love is we do critique sessions, which are really hard. You know, it's really hard to do, get critiques as writers. So I facilitate the critiques and that allows, like, I think this comfort, there's a level of comfort and like, okay, it's going to be okay. I'm not going to be told my work sucks. <laughs> like we right. don't do that there. Um, and it's more of a community, you know, it's a community of authors who are all trying to grow. So that's where my focus is. And I hope that this is, it feels truly like it lights me up and I feel like it's the most aligned. So I'm hopeful that this is where things are going for the future. Cause it just, it just is, it's a combo of everything I love to do, you know, teach, do one-on-one work, but do group coaching as well. <laughs> it just feels right. I love it. Love to yeah. hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Well, that's really exciting for your launch um, for the January program and how it involves yeah. in like one-on-one and group coaching. Um, yeah. And you're also the author interviews that you're going to be having on your uh, podcast. Yeah. Super exciting. Well, Katie, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure having you on today. You know, I haven't had a guest on um, talk about the same kind of stuff that we did today in mm. regards to, you know, what you do. So I, I really enjoyed it and I hope that you enjoyed yeah. it as well. And if anyone's Definitely. looking to connect, yeah. And if anyone's looking to connect with you, I mean, and your services, possibly the January program, what's the best way to go ahead and reach out to you? Let's just uh, go to my website, katiemitcoach.com, um, M-C-C. So Mick and then basketball coach, Katie McCoach. <laughs> so that's the best ways. Um, I'm on Instagram, Katie McCoach, Twitter, Katie McCoach. Um, so try to make it as easy as possible for you to find me. Yeah. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you. Group, group if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher, I would like to come on like a a guest just like Katie McCoach did today to talk about her journey, business, and podcast, please go to topinterview.com. We'd love to have you on as well. Thanks, Katie. Bye, guys. Catch you on the next episode. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition 
without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.